Hey, I wanted to talk about something, and I've got, or I, once again forgotten. Oh, a TV? Did I want to talk about TV? Oh, you know what I want to do? Uh, this is a note to self. It's not going to happen today. <clears throat> well, you know, fuck it. Maybe it will happen today. Let's just, yeah, well, 20 years, it's the 20-year anniversary of the last WWE show that I went to for a very long time. Now, of course, as I think I've yeah, detailed here on the old podcast, <clears throat> I started going to uh, wrestling shows again back in 2017. They had a SmackDown uh, up in Manchester, New Hampshire. Honestly, <laughs> it was one of the it was one of the most uneventful shows that I've been to. Like nobody, they had all these big stars, and none of them were on the show that night. Uh, they had like, like the best was I, I, AJ Styles, Kevin Owens and Randy Orton were on, but it was like, I don't know. It was Orton versus Styles. Maybe. I don't even remember. I feel like or Orton versus who knows? Uh, they had, uh, the women came out and they had six, uh, it was like big names, you know, Charlotte and Bailey and Becky and Sasha. I think it was like, you know all the really big name females and that was cool except they came, <laughs> they came out to have a contract signing for the six man the six woman tag match that they were going to have uh, like at the next pay-per-view or something like that so it was like okay well we get to see them but they're not really they're not wrestling and then the person that I really wanted to see was Shinsuke Nakamura who had just made his main roster debut like a month before that, right after WrestleMania, <clears throat> and I, I was like, "Oh God, I can't wait! Like this is what I'm, this is what I'm here for, man. I'm here to see Shinsuke Nakamura. I want to see his awesome entrance live, all this stuff." And then Shinsuke Nakamura was not on the show at all. He did wrestle that night, but you had to, you had to sit through two hours of SmackDown, and then an hour of 205 Live, which was the cruiserweight show that I don't think they had. I think they got rid of that show maybe a year or two ago. And uh, so you had to sit through two hours of SmackDown, an hour of 205 Live, and then and then at like, I don't know, at like 11.30, you were going to, yeah, like 11 o'clock would be when that match was going to happen. They had a dark match, as they call it, non-televised match, Shinsuke Nakamura versus Dolph Ziggler. And I had uh, I had my seven year old with me at the time. It was their first wrestling show. They had a good time, had a lot of fun. It was really good. But yeah, well, SmackDown ended, and we watched a little bit of the two hundred five live thing, and then just left because I just you know I guess I got work tomorrow. Kids got school tomorrow. It's late. It's you know I can't stick around forever to watch just to see Shinsuke Nakamura. I'm sure there'll be plenty of other opportunities, and I've seen him. Uh, I th- I've seen him since, but it would have been it would have been really cool to see like his first big entrance there, uh, w- one of his first. But anyway, it was a pretty lousy show. And then we went to Raw a couple months later in Boston, and it was awesome. It was the final Raw before SummerSlam, and they had a big melee with like Brock Lesnar and Samoa Joe, and I don't know Braun Strowman maybe. I don't know. There's a bunch of guys. Uh, it, they had uh, John Mox, Dean Ambrose, and Seth Rollins reunited to to team up. That was an exciting thing, and that was a good show. Anyway, I'm not going to recap every freaking uh, wrestling show I've been to since 2017, but I was just thinking, wow, it's been 20 years since we went to No Way Out 2003 in Montreal. I pretty much, from 1992 until 2003... Went every year, went to at least one WWE event. Televised, non-televised, pay-per-views, Monday Night Raw, whatever. And uh, superstars. And so, yeah, 1992 was the first television taping I went to. And boy, was I spoiled by that one. Because we got to meet the Ultimate Warrior, get his autograph before the show. Uh, and then we got to see, I mean, it was the Ultimate Warrior. Macho Man Randy Savage, Ric Flair, Mr. Perfect, Mean Gene, uh, who, who else? Undertaker, 
Bret Hart, the British Bulldog, Shawn Michaels, Owen Hart, Coco Beware, Legion of Doom, Tatanka, Razor Ramon, his first match ever in WWE against Tito Santana, which they released a few years ago on WWE Network as a hidden gem. Uh, Razor's first match. He came out to generic rock and roll music, and he had long tights. And I remember, because I remember the the promos and the vignettes for Razor Ramon, you know, hyping up that he's he's on his way. Are coming to the WWF, man. <laughs> Doing that Scarface thing. And I, when he was just sort of sitting, at, you know, when he was sitting at like a little cafe uh, uh, in Miami somewhere. And he's, you know, they've got him like yelling at waiters and just, you know, being a dick. And, uh, you know. I just remember seeing this guy, and I'm like, eh, he looks he looks like kind of a scumbag. <laughs> like, I remember seeing this Razor Ramon. He's got the big hairy chest. The way that he was sitting too, he looked he looked kind of chubby and stuff. And I was like, I don't know, I don't know what this guy's deal is. It's, I don't. I guess he's okay. And then I saw him live in Glens Falls, and the dude's like, you know, whatever he was, six five, six six, <laughs> and he's jacked, and he's in great shape. And I was just like, oh. That's what he looks like in person because they had him, you know, he, he was just wearing like a vest and no shirt. So it's like it looked he just looked kind of flabby, honestly, in a lot of those vignettes. Um, and then you see him in person and he's like, oh, my God, this dude's in great shape. Uh, anyway, so that was a special thing. And, yeah, we got I mean, you know, after that, got to see oh all kinds of shows. And, you know, really all of the greatest wrestlers, many of the greatest wrestlers of all time, I'm lucky enough that I've seen them live. Uh, One of the big names that comes to mind that I have never seen live and will never see live because he is quite dead is Rowdy Roddy Piper. And I can't believe when I go back, it's like, wow, there was no, there wasn't a single event that I've been to uh, that had Rowdy Roddy Piper on it. Now, Granted, I started going to wrestling shows in 1992, uh, like two months after he had his last match against Bret Hart. He didn't appear at all in 1993. He made uh, one. He made two appearances in 1994. You know, in uh, WrestleMania as the guest referee, and then he had a match against Jerry Lawler at King of the Ring, and that was it. So. Uh, in 1995, I think he had one appearance, and that was at WrestleMania 11 as the surprise guest referee in the Bob Backlund Bret Hart terrible, terrible match that they had. Uh, and then we didn't see him again until '96, where he he was on a couple episodes of Raw as the uh, the new president after Vader beat up Gorilla Monsoon, put him out of action for a few months, and then Piper had the match with Goldust at WrestleMania, and then a few months later. Uh, he was in WCW, and WCW was not doing shows uh, very often. Monday Nitro was not at the uh, Pepsi Arena or anything like that. So uh, I, th- I think in the entire time that WCW, I think they had one show at the Glens Falls Civic Center, and it sounded terrible. It was just – it wasn't an A show. It wasn't a B show. It was like a C-minus show. It was just – Nobody was on that show. So I really never had a chance to see Rowdy Roddy Piper. Uh, And then he was in WCW for the rest of the 90s. He returned to WWE at WrestleMania 19 in 2003, which was a month after the final pay-per-view that I went to in Montreal at No Way Out. And and then that was it. I kind of got to the end of that. And uh, the fans in that... uh, Molson Center, Bell Center, whatever it's called. I can never remember. Was it originally the Molson Center and now it's the Bell Center? Or was it originally the Bell Center and now it's the Molson Center? Whatever it is, I don't care. It's in Montreal. <laughs> it's the same arena where Bret Hart got screwed at the 97 Survivor Series. And I decided after that pay-per-view, I said, I, that's enough. I've seen them all. I don't care. I don't. It's too loud and the fans are fucking assholes. At least the one that was the shittiest uh, group of fans that I've been there was in Montreal, just fucking assholes. <laughs> this fucking douchebag behind me, and he kept 
he was like spilling beer, not just on me, but like on the kid. In, there was a little kid in front of me, and he and the kid in front of me thought that it was me. He turned around, and I'm like, dude, do you see me holding a drink? It wasn't. It's the guy behind me. This fuckhead. And I remember when we were leaving, I hocked a giant lug on the back of his coat because <laughs> I just wanted to kill. I wanted to kill this guy, but I thought, you know. Hey, I'm not actually going to, I'm not going to like turn around and just so, you know, I'm not that person who's just going to start swinging at somebody, even though I wanted to. Uh, it's the, it's really the only time at an event that that happened where I was just like the, the person behind me, I wanted to murder. The only other would be Paul McCartney with that cunt, that little kid screaming in a way that I have, my ears have, my eardrums have never been shattered like they were listening to this bitch scream at the fucking Paul McCartney concert. And people were like talking to her. People were being nice because she was a kid. And they're like, dude, you can't keep, I know you're excited. The scream that you were letting, the guy behind me was having like a heart to heart. Like you, you can't, you can't scream like that as that often. You're ruining it for everybody. And I was very close to, (laughs) he did the work for me. So I'm like, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, he's, he's taking a different approach. I was, I was like going to turn around and be like, shut up, cunt. And, uh, he talked to her. He's like, here's the reason why you can't just keep doing that. And then it was like a few minutes of silence and then more screaming. And then he talked to, he's like, no, stop that. Anyway. Um, other than that, the fans of Paul McCartney were great. Anyway. 2003, February 2003, Montreal, no way out. I I was just so like, I don't know. In my old age, at the age of 22, I said, ah, I think it's enough. (laughs) I'm just done. And I'm really pissed at myself because that was, I missed missed an entire sort of uh, era of wrestling. I mean, 2003 to 2017, it's a long time. Over 14 years, 14 and a half years almost, uh, between shows. So I, I missed all of, you know, Shawn Michaels' return to the ring, which I feel like, oh, why, why, didn't I just, why didn't I just go to a couple shows and see Shawn Michaels have a few matches in Albany or somewhere, uh, you know, which is okay. I've seen Shawn Michaels wrestle a bunch of times. But uh, it would have been cool to have, you know, seen him, seen him again in his uh, his second his second career, if you will. Um, and I missed, you know, like I missed all of John Cena because Cena was just, uh, you know, all these guys were just like they were greener than grass at that point in a lot of ways. You know, at that No Way Out pay per view. Uh, Batista and Randy Orton and Ric Flair came out to sort of celebrate after Triple H, Triple H beat Scott Steiner. Uh, and that was the only time, that's the only time I've ever seen Batista live. He was one of my favorites. I never saw him wrestle. Oh, that sucks. Never got to see his cool entrance and all that. I love that fucking saliva, <laughs> that theme song. Uh, but he, you know, that was it. That's the only time I've seen. And a few years ago in 2019, when they were heading towards WrestleMania, Triple H versus Batista, uh, and his fi- pretty much both of those guys' final match. I think Triple H had like one or two matches after that, and that was it. Um, and we went to Boston for one of the final Raws before WrestleMania. And I have no complaints because I got to see uh, – Kurt Angle versus uh, Samoa Joe, I think. <laughs> now I can't remember. Yeah, it was Kurt Angle versus Samoa Joe. And got to see Dean Ambrose, one of his la- final appearances, even though we left in the middle of the match because I just wanted to get on. I didn't want to miss the train, I think. Uh, but it was Drew McIntyre versus Dean Ambrose, I think. And that was – he was like done, 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 like sh- very shortly after that match and then went to AEW. Uh yeah, I missed I missed all of John Cena. And I know John Cena is still around every so often, you know, if I lived in like Tampa, I guess I could have gone and seen him on SmackDown back on New Year's Eve. Uh and we again, we got to see John Cena in Boston in 2020 as I've mentioned a million times on this podcast. Uh 
And it was really a cool moment, but like, wow, I realized like, oh my God, this is the first time I've ever seen John Cena live at a WWE event. I can't believe it. And uh, <clears throat> yeah, it was great. It was a great moment, but it was like, wow, I missed I missed all of John Cena's career basically because he, he debuted in 2002 and really 2003 was when all these guys, you know, really started to, you know, become uh, superstars on the rise. And by 2004, they're all in like big time matches. And, you know, you've got Randy Orton winning the world title in 2004, Batista winning it in 2005, same with Cena. So yeah, we're, we're two years away from these guys all becoming less than two years away from all these guys becoming main eventers, but they weren't on that. I mean, Orton and Batista were on that pay-per-view just for, you know, a few minutes. Didn't really do anything. Cena wasn't part of that pay-per-view. Got to see Rey Mysterio was in like the Sunday night heat, uh, whatever had a match, I think against Jamie Noble or somebody, or maybe I I can't remember. Uh, Shawn Michaels was at that pay-per-view. He did a run-in uh, during the match between Jeff Hardy and Chris Jericho, I think, was the match. But that's the thing. Got to see, you know, Hulk Hogan versus The Rock at No Way Out 2003. Uh, got to see Stone Cold Steve Austin in one of his last matches ever against Eric Bischoff. It wasn't much of a match. It was just Austin <laughs> beating the shit out of Bischoff and giving him, dishing out Stone Cold Stunner after Stone Cold Stunner and uh, and not going for the pin and then lifting Bischoff, off, <laughs> Bischoff up and giving him another Stunner, which was great. And boy, oh boy, I have seen a lot of Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh, you know, that's the thing. It's like, oh man, I missed, I missed like a whole era or maybe an era and a half of of wrestling, but it's like, well... I got to see a lot of uh, the previous eras, and I wouldn't trade, you know, the shit that I got to see live with Stone Cold and The Rock and DX and all this stuff. Like, I, that's, man, oh, man. It's sometimes I, I'm like, I can't believe I was there for that. That's crazy. That fucking beer truck is, you know, still considered, like, the number one moment in the history of Raw. We were there. We are just sitting there like, oh, look at that. He's got a big truck. <laughs> And it was great. We were going crazy. It was a really good show. Fun show. Fun moment. Um, but anyways, so in 2000, yeah, so for, for yeah, throughout uh, middle school and high school, uh, we went to at least at least one event a year and, and sometimes more than that. And, uh, you know, had some pretty memorable moments. Uh, Mr. Perfect. And Bret Hart versus Razor Ramon and Lex Luger was a, a match that I really loved seeing live, even though the rest of that show stunk. Uh, Bret Hart versus Ric Flair a few months before that. Uh, getting to see uh, Hulk Hogan and Brutus Beefcake against Money Incorporated with Sergeant Slaughter as the guest referee. And Hacksaw Jim Duggan versus Yokozuna getting to be in the front row for that. Uh, to get in the, be in the front row to see Diesel make his debut as Shawn Michaels' bodyguard when he beat Marty Jannetty for the Intercontinental title. All This was all in the same show. It was a great show. And uh, I think, I, I want to say, I, I think Marty Jannetty stepped on my sister's uh, program that she had on the floor. Uh, Michaels and Jannetty were brawling, I think. Uh, they were battling outside the ring, and Jannetty stepped on her program. And then uh, Papa Shango, uh, he got punched and, like, you know, a lot of times these wrestlers get punched and they they fire off a big loogie into the air to show like the real dramatic. I got hit so hard, the, the spitting spits coming out and flying. And he, uh, yeah, he spit. His spittle landed on my <laughs> landed. I guess my sister was just in a bad seat because she got program stepped on and got spit. <laughs> it's like, yeah, front row. Isn't this awesome? Uh, yeah, and we got to see a lot of fun, fun stuff, you know, TV tapings and things that were, that were very fun, and yeah, went to a show, a couple of shows in 94, uh, 95, you know, Shawn Michaels and Diesel versus Men on a Mission, Bret Hart versus Jean-Pierre Lafitte, 1996, saw Razor Ramon versus Jeff Jarrett and a bunch of others, anyway, it doesn't matter, and then we went... Yeah, we went to one uh, house show in 1997 that was that was okay. I don't really remember too much. The only thing I remember 
was uh, the Godwins. I think it was the Godwins versus the Blackjacks, something like that. And, uh, yeah, they didn't have a lot of big stars on that show. But it was okay. It was, you know, it was still fun. And I just remember at one point uh, yelling uh, yelling to, to, to Bradshaw to stomp on Phineas's nuts. And everybody in the section was cracking up. And then, of course, uh, yeah, December... Uh, December 29th, I want to say, or December 26th or so. Anyway, it was the, the, the end of the last Raw of 1996, and they taped the first couple of Raws of 1997 from what was, uh, in the final days of being known as the Knickerbocker Arena, right before it would be called, uh, the Pepsi Arena as of January 1st. Uh, so that was cool. We were in the, we were very cool. You know, we sat behind Vince McMahon, the announce table and got to, uh, you know, I remember trying to, trying to make Owen Hart break, trying to make him laugh while he was just staring down. (laughs) He was standing in front of the broadcast table, being very serious with his back to the ring. And I was making up shit, goofy shit that was happening behind him. Uh, that was a fun, that was a fun, we got to see a lot of the, you know, Austin, Michaels, Bret Hart, Vader, Sid. Yeah. Jerry Lawler, Goldust, a whole bunch of, it was good, that was a good show, and then the house show in 97, where I yelled to step on his nuts, that's about all I remembered from that one, and then we started to pick things back up, uh, in 1998, we got to go to the Raw that took place the day after WrestleMania 14, which was really kind of like, that was the launching of like just really a brand new era, really the the attitude era. You could point to a lot of different times of like when did the attitude era begin and when did the new generation end? Eh, somewhere in 1997, probably around WrestleMania 13 was really when the what was called the new generation sort of came to an end. Uh and they started really ramping up to go into a little bit more uh, more of a PG-13 R-rated thing as opposed to the G and PG stuff that they had been putting on for many years. You know, it was the end of Doink the Clown and all that stuff. And, uh, yeah, but but WrestleMania 14 was like, okay, this is, you know, there's no more Shawn Michaels. Bret Hart has been gone for months. All of the new generation guys are pretty much done. They're gone. No more Diesel, Razor, Ramon, you know, any of these guys. And uh, they're all in WCW. They're all in the NWO. And I remember when Bret Hart in 1997, when it was announced that Bret Hart was going to leave and go, Vince was going to let him out of his contract, his 20-year contract that he couldn't afford, which is, uh, I think that's a load of crap. Uh, Obviously, they could afford, obviously, they could afford it. I think that Brett was sort of against the kind of going in that more adult direction, you know. And I think Vince just kind of said, eh, you know what, we'll save a few pennies. I'll save this money for the millions that I'm going to pay Mike Tyson to be at WrestleMania. And we'll let Bret Hart go to WCW. Oh, and we'll fuck him on the way out the door, too. (laughs) And I remember thinking, that's it. It's over. That's the end of WWF. They can't afford Bret Hart. He's going to WCW. He's one of the only big stars that they still have. And uh, and then a few months later, Shawn Michaels injured himself. And I said, okay, well, that that's it. No more Bret Hart. No more Shawn Michaels. What are they going to do? And then, of course, meanwhile, there's this, this sleeping giant that's being awoken. <laughs> And his name is Stone Cold Steve Austin, and he would be the biggest thing since Hulk Hogan and Hulkamania, which you knew that he was going to be big because he was like, I, I was a fan of the guy in WCW. I still remember saying, watching his first, the first time I saw him against Ricky Steamboat, stunning Steve Austin at pay-per-view in 1994. And uh, I remember thinking, oh man, this guy's got to come to, the, he needs to be in WWF. I remember thinking just randomly like, yeah, they got to team him with Shawn Michaels and they'll be tag team champions. They have to do something. And then by golly, 1997, for a very short period of time, but nevertheless, for a couple of weeks in May, June of 1997, who were tag team champions? Shawn Michaels and Stone Cold Steve Austin. Oh my God. I can't believe it. 
<laughs> my wish came true. Uh, anyway, and I was a fan of Stone Cold Steve Austin in 1994 when he was stunning Steve. I was so happy when it was announced that he was coming to WWE. He came to WWE. Uh, they gave him green trunks with dollar signs on him, called him the million-dollar champion, and called him the ringmaster. And I just thought, oh, oh well. <laughs> I'm still a big fan of the guy, but holy shit, this sucks. And, of course, that lasted for a month or two, and then he he started going by the name Steve Austin, Stone Cold Steve Austin. And, uh, and I was, you know... Then and then in May of 1996, Ted DiBiase left, went to WCW. So it was Austin all on his own, you know, winning the King of the Ring. Austin 316 says, "I just whipped your ass," you know, all that stuff. It was like, oh my god, this guy's so good. He's so fucking great. And then Bret Hart came back, and that was the feud. And I thought, oh my god, Bret Hart and Stone Cold Steve Austin. Oh, this is gonna be awesome. And they wrestled at Survivor Series, and it was awesome. And then they wrestled at WrestleMania, and it's one of the greatest matches of all time. But at the end of, uh, in September or so of 1997, late September, uh, when it was announced that Bret Hart was going to be released from his contract, and Vince was going, <laughs> Vince allowed him to go negotiate with WCW, and Bret was going to go to WCW. And I said, okay, it's over. It's been a fun ride. I'm going to enjoy whatever's left of WWF, but they're done. They're finished. No more Bret Hart. That's it. That's the end. (laughs) And the only thing that happened after Bret Hart left was that the WWF at the time just skyrocketed in in popularity uh, because of Stone Cold Steve Austin. That was the guy. And uh, so anyway... So we got to, got to be on Monday Night Raw the night after Stone Cold Steve Austin. He won the 1998 Royal Rumble and then went to WrestleMania 14 in Boston and beat Shawn Michaels, who was in terrible shape. His back was, you know, whatever. Uh, to what degree that's true, uh, still not so sure. But it, it, either way, Shawn Michaels and Austin had a, a very interesting match, and uh, Austin won it. Mike Tyson did the double the double cross or the double double the reverse double cross i don't know cuz he double crossed stone cold and joined uh dx and then at wrestlemania joined you know counted the three count and then knocked out Shawn michaels it was a great wrestlemania still one of my favorite wrestlemanias ever one of those like era defining wrestlemanias where it's like okay this is it we're this is the future right here it's Austin, it's Rock, it's, uh, you know, Mick Foley, it's all these guys. Uh, Triple H, uh, Undertaker, whatever, Kane. Um, yeah, and the next night was uh, the one, two, three kid, Six-Pac, Sean Waltman returning after two years in WCW, uh, shocking the world and returning, uh, returning in the newly... In the newly reformed D-Generation X, Shawn Michaels is officially out of DX uh, the night before at WrestleMania, losing to Stone Cold Steve Austin. Triple H is the new leader of DX, and China's there, and now X-Pac is back. And uh, and then at the end of the night, Road Dogg and Billy joined DX uh, after the cage match they had with Terry Funk and Mick Foley. It's like, oh, my God, this is crazy. It's just crazy. And that wasn't even half of what happened. Austin gave a Stone Cold Stunner to Vince McMahon. They presented, that was the first time that they presented the new championship belt, which I hate. I hate every championship belt that's not the winged, the winged eagle, uh, the old you know, 80s and, and 90s uh, championship belt. That's the one that I wish they had just kept around. But anyway, uh, and they, had, they started airing vignettes for this new guy named Edge who was coming soon and this other, this other new guy named... Uh, <laughs> this other new guy named uh, Val Venus, who was a who was a porn star, was like, "Oh my God, look at wow! This really is not uh, this really is not Doink the Clown and the Bushwhackers anymore." <laughs> this is, all right, they've got a porn star coming to the WWF. Holy shit! Uh, it was just a great night, and then uh, and then of course we would go to 
several other shows throughout 1998. Got to see Shawn Michaels super kick Vince McMahon. That was cool. And then in March of 99, right before WrestleMania, we saw the beer truck on Monday Night Raw. That was, you know, that was a huge moment. And then, uh, and then in 2000, uh, I took the, she was my girlfriend at the time, but, uh, she is now my wife and we went to, uh, what the hell was it called? No mercy. Yeah. No mercy. October of 2000 stone Cold Steve Austin had just returned, uh, from an almost year long absence due to neck surgery. Uh, and he's back and he's, it's his first match. It's his first match in a year against Rikishi. I had like I have to be there for that. And you had Rock defending the world title against Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle winning the WWE championship. You had uh I don't know, Jericho versus X Pac in a cage match. It, it was all kinds of stuff. It was a very, very, very good show. You had like Benoit versus Triple H. I don't know. Uh and I believe the only major stars who weren't on that show were Undertaker and Kane, if I recall correctly. Uh, but anyways, very good show. Some, you know, significant, historically significant stuff, title changes and whatnot. Uh, then the wife and I went to a show just before WrestleMania that year. Don't really remember much about it. <laughs> I remember that my uh, high school friend, Jeff Kausch, known as Jeff Starr, uh, wrestled against Haku in one of the uh, for one of their little syndicated shows, and I thought, "Wow, that's cool." There he is, and I could hear people uh, people in the crowd, you know, cheering for Jeff. You know, come on, Jeff! Like obviously friends and family and stuff. So that was neat. Uh, and I don't remember any of that show at all. <laughs> I I think Rhino made his debut, if I remember correctly. Um, and they had, you know, Stone Cold and The Rock were obviously there getting ready for their big match at WrestleMania. It was good. Uh, and then the, then the next one was April 1st, 2002. Uh, it was after, I think it was the first Raw or one of the first Raws after they did the first ever draft. And they split up the brands. And Raw and SmackDown each had their own roster. And I didn't like that because, like, oh, well, now, now you're going to go to Raw and see half of the people okay and the ticket prices are the same okay and then uh whatever okay <laughs> um and that's fine it makes you know you competition is gone you have to have like your own sort of fake competition so you pit your own brands against each other and it's pretty contrived but yeah okay that's cool uh but it was a good show because austin was there undertaker rick flair brock lesnar Got to see Scott Hall in the ring for the first time in a long time. Uh, I got to see his first match in a WWF ring and one of his last matches in a WWF ring. Now that I think about it, and I was very sad because it was it was Scott Hall versus Crash Holly for Sunday Night Heat. And I thought, wow, that's that's what they're doing with uh, with the bad guy. Okay, fine. Uh, got to see the short-lived tag team of Mr. Perfect and the Big Boss Man take on the Hardys, which was great. It was exciting to see those two guys. Those are legends right there. All four of them are legends. Um, but what's sad is that the, you know, getting to see Mr. Perfect live and hear his music like, oh, wow, Mr. Perfect. And then the next pay-per-view I went to, I heard Mr. Perfect's music because they were playing uh, his memorial tribute uh, video package because he had just died uh, a week or two before that that no way out 2003 pay-per-view so when we walked in the arena the first thing i heard was mr perfect's music and i said oh whoa what's that because i heard ladies and gentlemen mr perfect and then the music playing i'm like wait what is he not dead is he he's here what is this and then we got into the arena and i realized oh it's sunday night heat they're just showing the video tribute to mr perfect so that was kind of sad <laughs> uh anyway uh but that was oh yeah i got to see eddie guerrero he, his comeback in 2002 he we, we looked down next to the stage like whoa that's eddie guerrero it's eddie guerrero and then he ran in and uh, attacked rob van dam setting up there very fun feud for that summer uh and then uh i don't think we went to another one until yeah so what happened was the following january 
<laughs> they had SmackDown in Albany at the Pepsi Arena. And I said, eh, I don't know. I don't really care. that all the, all the big names aren't really around anymore. They've all left during the last year. Well, I, I think we'll skip this one. And, of course, we skipped it. And I remember going, going to dinner with my wife, my girlfriend at the time. Uh, we went to, like, <laughs> it's like the, I can't remember if it was Ground Round or Ponderosa. <laughs> uh, anyway, and we're sitting there, and I was just saying, hmm. I wonder what's happening at SmackDown right now. Hopefully nothing, hopefully nothing huge that I'm going to be pissed that I, that I didn't. So then I went home and I read the spoilers. Hulk Hogan returns at SmackDown. Uh, oh, God damn it. <laughs> I wanted to see Hulk Hogan last year, but, you know, he was on SmackDown and this was raw. So we didn't get to see Hogan. And he said, okay, shit, we missed Hulk Hogan. Hmm, the next pay-per-view is going to be in Montreal, which is only about three hours from here. Yeah, maybe we make a nice weekend of it. (laughs) I was unemployed at the time, so obviously it was a really good idea to get a hotel room and uh, spend the weekend ordering hot dogs and milkshakes. (laughs) Uh, Of course, my wife was gainfully employed, so I put it all on her credit card. (laughs) My sugar mama at the time. Uh, yeah, so we went up and we had a nice weekend in Montreal. It was actually great. We had a lot of fun. We uh, went up, I think, on a Friday. And we stayed at uh, was it the Omni. They had a rooftop swimming pool. Uh, an outdoor swimming pool. So I, I, there's a there's a picture of, from a disposable camera. And I've every so often I come across it. It's in a drawer somewhere. And it's... Uh, I don't know if it was like a selfie that we took. We were out in the pool and the snow is coming down and you can just see the uh, the buildings and stuff in the background. Uh, that was nice. And we had a great room and we did. We just ordered. It was so cold. It was so freaking cold that just going outside, even to just walk a little bit was just, oof, it was brutally cold. And uh, so we did. We stayed in the room a lot. You know, we went to the pool a bunch, and we sat in the room. We ordered room service (laughs) for almost every meal. And I want to say Saturday night we went and saw Chicago, the movie Chicago, in IMAX, which, yeah, nothing screams IMAX like the musical Chicago. And we saw it, and I thought it stunk (laughs) and all that jazz. Uh but whatever, it was like, okay, that was my first time going to an IMAX. I enjoyed it. And then Sunday was pay-per-view time. And we, uh, you know, we managed to take the, I remember, yeah, we took the, we took the Metro, took the subway. And it was pretty, I was, I was pleasantly surprised with how easy it was to navigate and get, you know, get on the right trains from the, uh, from the hotel to get to the arena and then made it back easily as well. And, uh, yeah, because what I, I just, I said, okay, I missed Hulk Hogan <laughs> returning on SmackDown. Uh, so we're going to go see this pay-per-view. Oh, Hulk Hogan versus the rock. Yes, I'm definitely, and Stone Cold Steve Austin is returning, uh, to take on Eric Bischoff. Stone Cold Steve Austin had walked out on WWF the, the previous June and it was his big comeback. Of course, it was his comeback leading to the end of his career a month later, at least until he had the match against Kevin Owens at last year's WrestleMania. But, you know, for all intents and purposes, this was the end of Austin's career. And I uh, didn't know it. It was just a happy moment. The crowd erupted when he came through the curtain. And uh, everything he did was just, I mean, the... You know, they use the, the cliche, oh, he's going to blow the roof off this place with the ovation. Yeah, it, honestly, you could think like, man, is this is this building structurally sound? Because it's shaking, man. It is rumbling uh, when that dude came. Same with Hulk Hogan. Big, good ovation, but nothing, nothing topped Stone Cold's uh, return. The ovation for him coming out was just unbelievable. So it was a great night, and I just said, you know, it's going to be hard to top this. Hogan, Austin, Rock, got to see Triple H, Scott Steiner, uh, 
Brock Lesnar and Shelton Benjamin and Charlie Haas. Or no, Brock Lesnar. It was supposed to be Brock Lesnar, Chris Benoit, and Edge against Kurt Angle, Charlie Haas, and Shelton Benjamin. And Edge was injured. Uh, he Edge would be out of action for like 14 months. Uh, so they, they did an angle where he got attacked backstage. And so it ended up being Brock Lesnar and Benoit versus Team Angle, uh, which was fine. I would have liked to have seen Edge. Uh, but it's but it was okay. It was still really good match, and you know getting to see Brock Lesnar was all you know it was, just, it was great. Uh, I think Big Show versus The Undertaker, as I said, Jericho versus Jeff Hardy and Shawn Michaels. Uh, you know had a run in there, so you really got to see, really saw pretty much everybody. <laughs> it was just it was all the big stars at that time, and uh, and I kind of we left there. And I was just like, God, I, I, I didn't particularly enjoy the, having the occasional beer spilt on me. Um, you know, it felt good to fucking spit all over that guy's coat, unbeknownst to him. Um, and I just, I, it was, it was so loud. And then, and then a couple days later, I remember my ears were like still ringing, and I just, I said, I, I think that's enough. I've seen all the top guys. I have seen great matches, historic moments. It's been a really good, fun eleven years of going to wrestling shows, and I think I've I think I've had enough. And so I just I was like, nah, I was done. I just stopped watching, and uh, or I just didn't stop watching. I stopped going to to live shows. I was I was watching just as much as I ever was, but uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah, it was just kind of like, yeah, that's this is good. This was a really good show, and I'm, I'm, I, it's not going to get much better than this. Of course, in retrospect, I do wish I had gone to some shows in the meantime, but still, uh, it was... It, and that's the thing. We started going in 2017, like I said, and it's been tons of fun. You know, we wanna, we've seen NXT. I mean, NXT, when it was like... Yeah, Drew McIntyre was still on NXT. He was, I think, the champion, and Adam Cole, and uh, and you know Red Dragon, Fish, and O'Reilly, and uh, 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 the 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 Iconics were still on NXT. The Street Profits were just like nobody knew who they were. Um, you know, I remember they came running through the crowd. They got to high five the Street Profits guys. And I had no, I was like, who are these dudes? <laughs> I, I had never, I didn't watch NXT all the time. So I was, I was kind of a little bit out of the loop. Uh, that was a fun show in Lowell uh, in 2017. Jeez, we went to three. Actually, I think we went to four wrestling shows in 2017. Because then there was a pay-per-view in Boston. And I think that was December. That might have been December of 2018. But I don't think so. I think that was 2017. And uh Yeah. So that was cool going to see a, a, a another pay per view event. It wasn't the greatest pay per view on earth, but it was still still a fun still a fun watch. And uh, and then a few months later, yeah, we went to a non televised show that was fun right before WrestleMania. Uh, and you know, I don't know. We've 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 been to a bunch. And then it was pretty much every yeah every March because then we went in March of 2019 that final Raw before WrestleMania. And then 2020, one of the final SmackDowns before the pandemic, before lockdown. I think I think the next week's SmackDown was live in, I, I want to say Rochester or something. I, I can't remember. But it was a SmackDown that, it was Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, and X-Pac were the special guests on that show. And they did a thing with, you know, they, they interacted with like Sami Zayn, and it was it was that was neat. I wasn't there for that live, of course, but uh, yeah, the, the that one in Boston. It was February twenty eighth, I think, uh, twenty twenty. So yeah, <laughs> next the week after that, they had uh, a SmackDown in front of the audience, and then the the following week, it was no no audience, no nothing. So we were we were lucky that we got to see, yeah, John Cena's return and. As I've mentioned a million times, we got to boo Bill Goldberg. Anytime you get to go and, and boo Bill Goldberg, that's that's worth the price of admission alone. Uh, what else? Yeah, it was a it was a cool show. It was a really fun show. And then that was it. 
<laughs> and then 2021, we went to no nothing. Didn't see any wrestling live. I mean, they didn't they didn't go back to a live crowd. I think July of 2021, and they you know very carefully and slowly went back. And I think there was a show in Boston, and I that's one that I really wish I. I mean, you know, I was terrified, just like COVID and everything, and you know, I was vaccinated, so it really you know whatever, wear a mask, go to the show. I wish I had, because that would have been. Yeah, you know what's interesting though, I did go. I mean, because I went to AEW that year in 2021. I guess that was the only wrestling show I went to. I've gone to at least one wrestling show every year since 2017. Uh, and 2020, yeah, I did. I went to the first AEW show that they ever had in Boston in 2019. It was only the second uh, AEW Dynamite. Uh, it was a very good show, a lot of fun. And then, uh, yeah, 2021, went to AEW because that's right. I said, oh, I have to go to this because I'm going to see... Again, that was like <laughs> AEW was at its peak, I think, because they had CM Punk and you got to see MJF. Cody Rhodes was still there, even though he was getting booed every time he came out. Uh, and I think that it wasn't so much like, hey, we hate Cody Rhodes. It was almost like, boo, you're, you shouldn't be here. You should be in WWE because he went to WWE. I didn't want to see Cody Rhodes that much in AEW. He just, it just didn't fit. I remember just thinking, like, he's too sort of like WWE for this, which is an odd thing to say. Because I have lots of former WWE guys who do really well in AEW. But Cody, I don't know, it was just different. And, uh, and then a few months later, Cody Rhodes was in WWE. And now he's, <laughs> he just won the Royal Rumble. And he's like the next uh, big, you know, John Cena kind of guy. And, uh, and uh, he's he's going to main event WrestleMania a year after return a year ago he was still in AEW and now he's going to WrestleMania so uh what uh what the hell was i about to say so yeah in 2021 the only thing that i went to in Boston was AEW uh cuz it was just like yeah Sting Jericho everybody everybody was on that show Moxley that was Moxley's last show. I think a week later was when he went into rehab. So it was really like, wow, everybody's on there. There, there weren't a lot of shows with that many uh, huge names in AEW after that. It was, you know, because then a few months later, Cody would leave. And and then <laughs> CM Punk, of course, we know what happened with him. Uh, so that was cool. But I, I kind of decided I'm only going to go to one show and I'm going to choose AEW. But it's a little bit of a bummer because they had WWE. Uh, I, I think it was Raw they had in Boston. And that was where Big E, he won Money in the Bank in July. And that's where he cashed in his Money in the Bank contract and won the world title in Boston. That would have been fun to be there for that. I kind of regret that a little bit, but it's okay. Um, 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 um. And then what? And then we're with, so that takes us to 2022. And I guess uh, I don't think I went to any wrestling events over the summer that I can think of. So I think it was really just, yeah, it was the AEW show in November. And then the Survivor Series also in November. <laughs> Boston, uh, if you're a wrestling fan in Boston, November of 2022, man, that was. Boston was the place to be. So that's the thing. Hey, I didn't get to see Big E win the world title uh, in Boston, but I got to see the Survivor Series, which was like just just a great night, just a great, great, great matches, great moments, a lot of fun. And uh, what shows will I go to in 2023? I don't know. I'm <laughs> I'm starting to get to that point again where I'm saying, all right. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's just uh, years that end in three. I don't know. Um, yeah, I'm just as as of this very moment. I there's there's raw is coming to Boston in like a month maybe, and I don't think I'm gonna go. I don't know. It's again, it's not to say like, all right, I'm done with going to wrestling shows. Hell no, I'm still gonna go. 
Uh, but it's like, yeah, my, I'm, I'm already past the point. I had a couple of good years where the kids, you know, there were like three years where the kids kind of wanted to go and enjoyed it. And then, and then 2020 was the last one that they went to and they have no problem, uh, now when I buy a ticket and just say, yeah, do you guys want to go? I, I was just going to get a ticket for me. And they're like, yeah, no, nah, we're good. We don't need to go. I'm like, all right, <laughs> oh, man, who else can I, who else can I completely wear out with wrestling? <laughs> who else can I subject <laughs> to wrestling <laughs> and turn them off to a form of entertainment really permanently uh, <laughs> let's see uh, in the 90s it was my parents and my friend's parents uh and then in the 2000s it was my girlfriend and future wife uh and then i said you know you don't have to go to any more of these and then uh 2017 to 2020 it was my kids and so now i'm just kind of like all right <laughs> i'm just kind of there by myself and it was, uh, look, the last two I met, you know, nice people and we did have a fun time. I, I told you about when I went to AEW and I met these two people who were sitting next to me, uh, Tim and, his, and, and Carolee, and we became friends. They sent me, they just sent me a nice card in the mail uh, with beautiful pictures. Uh, they, they went to Hawaii a couple months ago and they got married. They eloped in Hawaii. And I thought, how nice that they thought of me to be one of the people to receive yeah, it's not cheap it was quality paper i still have it i'm not, you know i still have the card in the envelope um and i just thought wow they uh they asked for my address and they sent me a, a nice card and i sent them nothing in return which <laughs> i feel like oh yeah oh i get it i should i should probably send you a nice little wedding gift and i do plan to do that but uh, but anyways, it was like, wow, you know, I, I hung out, I, I made friends at this show and, and we hung out and had a lot of laughs. And then they texted me, uh, back into, I think it was the last AEW It was during the Christmas break. Uh, I got a text and said, Hey, t turn on AEW. And there they were. And she was wearing the same pink shirt that she had on to try and advertise her business <laughs> back in uh, November in Boston. And I could see clear as day. I said, holy shit, you guys are even closer than we were. And we were close to the to the camera and all that stuff. It's like, I can see you guys so easily. And I just sat there watching it like, ah, oh, this is so fun. Look at that. There they are. Uh, they live in Denver. So uh, AEW was, was in Denver, I guess. And uh, so that was fun. Anyway, I'm just I'm rambling on. I, I was thinking, wow, it's been 20 years since I went to... Uh, that uh, No Way Out pay-per-view in Montreal and then decided I think I'm done going to wrestling shows. And then, of course, 2017 changed all that. And I've gone to at least one wrestling show every year since then. So that's good. That's fun. And uh, who knows what wrestling show will be next. And I ha you know, I've got friends in the area, uh, you know, and Shimo said, hey, call me when to let me know if you're going to go to a... a big wwe event or some kind of wrestling event and uh go to and hey now that we've got the house like this little apartment uh it's you know i never even considered like hey i'll have my i could bring friends out here and they could just you know they could spend the night here because they couldn't because there's no room but now we've got the house and we will have you know multiple couches beds whatever so yeah so that could be kind of fun but anyway uh, so we'll see what happens, but just, I like reminiscing about wrestling and I do, I do certainly plan to go. I plan to go to at least one. I, I think this is, this is pretty much, you know, this is a reasonable thing is, uh, just like John Cena, they had John Cena wrestle back in December on the, the final SmackDown of the year because they said, Oh, John Cena has had at least one match every calendar year since he made his debut in 2002 and 2022 so far is the only year where John Cena has not had a match at all. And that's going to change. We're going to have him wrestle in the final match of the entire year. Uh, and I, and I said, yeah, I think that's going to be me. Like, I'm just, I will go to at least one wrestling show, uh, every calendar year, just one, maybe more. Eh, depends on what it is. 
And if, uh, you know, if there's a big time pay-per-view coming to Boston again, I'll definitely go to that. Uh, AEW, I always enjoy. I, I haven't enjoyed AEW as much lately. It's, uh, I watch it here and there and boy, I was a huge, I was a huge MJF guy. And he did this thing back in May or June where he just, you know, he walked out on the company. He didn't actually walk out on the company, but he, you know, they had him uh, no show and autograph signing. And then he came to the pay-per-view and he lost. And then the next week he came to AEW Dynamite on Wednesday and he was just dropping F-bombs and all this stuff. And it was like, oh, that was good. That seemed very realistic. And then he was gone for a few months, and then he made his surprise return, and he won the world title. And uh, there's something, I'm not sure what it is, but I'm, I don't know. I don't even know, because I was such, I, I'm still a huge fan of the guy. But there was something happened after he gave that little, like, uh, you know, he said, F- you know, fucking fire me, or whatever he was. And then uh, they didn't acknowledge him, and then he returned Actually, the same night that CM Punk had his last match <laughs> was the return of MJF. And it's like, can't we just have things all at the same time? Oh, cool, MJF is back. Oh, no, CM Punk's gone. That was just like in 2002. Shawn Mike, the, the night that Stone Cold Steve Austin had his last match against Ric Flair and then walked out on the company the next week was the same night that Shawn Michaels returned as uh, one of the members of the NWO. Kevin Nash brought him back. And I said, oh, my God, Shawn Michaels is back. He got Stone Cold wrestling Ric Flair. He's going to wrestle Eddie Guerrero at the King of the Ring. Oh, my God, this is just great. And then, of course, the next week, ah, no more Austin. (laughs) It's like, can't we just have Shawn Michaels and Stone Cold Steve Austin? It was just like, hey, we've got Austin and Michaels at WrestleMania 14, and now Michaels' back is broken, and he's not going to wrestle for five years, four and a half years, whatever. And then it was like, all right, Shawn Michaels is back, and Austin's career is over. <laughs> it's like, all right, CM Punk is here, and then uh, or MJF is back, and CM Punk's gone, and and Kenny Omega. At least Kenny Omega came back, but it's like, goddamn, just can never quite. Uh, anyway, doesn't matter. It's okay. It's all good. Uh, so yeah. That's all. I wanted to just talk about that that No Way Out pay-per-view. It was a lot of fun. It was a good show. And it was not... I thought it would be my last. And it was very far from my last WWE show. A wrestling show, period. And I, I hope to attend many more in the years to come. Uh, here are the Boston area. I'd like to go see... One of the things I'd love to see... Uh, they had Raw was in the Barclays Center last night. And that's fine. Uh, seeing Billy Joel in Madison Square Garden was, you know, magical. I would really love to see WWE wrestling at MSG. Just go, you know, take a day off if it's a Monday Night Raw or something. You know, take <laughs> take a take a four day weekend, go and watch Monday Night Raw. Uh, either you know, drive home and get back late and just sleep in or whatever. But uh, I would I would love to. Before all is said and done, I fully intend to see some kind of WWE event at Madison Square Garden. That would be oh so very fun. All right, that's going to do it. Lots, uh, lots to get to uh, in, in other areas here, and I must, I must be going. I simply must be going. Uh, it is Tuesday. Oh, it's Valentine's Day. It's Valentine's Day. Uh, I hope you got something special for your Valentine. Uh, it occurs to me that I did not, <laughs> so I should probably do something about that soon. Um, in any event, it's uh, yeah. I, I think <laughs> I think I might order a, a washing machine and a dryer. Is that <laughs> is that a new is that a good Valentine's present? Oh my gosh. Anyway, um well listen. Hope you got some good special plans for Valentine's. I'm not really a Valentine's Day guy. I think the whole day is fucking bullshit, but uh but anyways, whatever your plans are, I hope they're good. I hope they're nice. I hope you enjoy it. And I hope you've enjoyed me walking down memory lane and talking about wrestling one more time. 
Won't be the last time. <laughs> not the first, not the last. All right, gang. Enjoy the rest of your day. Enjoy the rest of your week. And we'll talk to you soon here on the Birthday Boy Podcast. Later, Gators.